Welcome to Dan and Matt's Football Chat, where we've got plenty of football chat this week. We'll also talk about fat pads and repotting houseplants. Welcome to Dan and Matt's Football Chat for a bit of a watershed-like 10th episode, Matt, amazingly, in this yes. season. Obviously not 10 total, uh, but 10th in this particular series. And we're actually back by popular demand. I bumped into a few people, Matt, and they've sort of yeah. sort of shrugging their shoulders, arms outstretched, saying, you know, where's the next episode? And, um, and I was quite surprised because I thought like about three people were listening globally. But it turns out we're actually, we are a global phenomenon and we were just checking yeah. the stats, I think, weren't we, Matt? Um, we are quite... We're big, obviously, in Australia. Uh, well, I say big. We're not really. I mean, small. Uh, and then in Australia. UK. Sorry. Yeah. We're in Australia. Yeah. We're in Australia, so you'd expect that <laughs> a little bit. Um, and just interested family members, for example. Uh, and then we've got yeah, USA. We've got a few. And then Belgium, strangely, was uh, was quite a hot spot. And then we've just got yeah, a sprinkling of um, of, of downloads uh, across Asia. So we've got like you know Vietnam, Singapore. Nice. And yeah, so it's quite interesting. Um, yeah, what have you been doing, Matt, recently since our since the World Cup has dust has settled? Yeah, um, hello everybody. Uh, I have what have I been doing? So, well, the over thirty fives Mount Martha Mariners soccer club seat, Division Two season came to an absolutely amazing end, um, which is obviously what everyone will be desperate to hear about uh, tuning in today. So, I will say that we had an away game for the last game of the season against Chelsea um, and obviously people in the know around the Bayside Football Association over 35's league will know that Chelsea not only won Division 2 this year but they won Division 1 so they were in a good mood um, and in a backs to the wall uh performance we we managed to beat Chelsea 3-2 to spoil their um, party which is good because uh, this sounds ridiculously pedantic but um, I think you'll appreciate this Dan as we walked out to warm up on the pitch they had the division two trophy ready to be handed out at the end of the match on the bench so they're in kind of party mood and I think a few of us spotted that and we're like nah we might have something to say about that chaps and uh we went up into a a shock 2-0 lead and we should have been three or four up at half time held on for a 3-2 I got 90 minutes under my belt um commanding performance at centre half in a back three uh three are they your words there Matt or someone else's um I think they are the word commanding. Work, is that <laughs> commanding? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than other than a, a couple of early slight mistakes, no, it was good. Um, played uh, interesting. Um, the team Chelsea, which um, just so people are aware, obviously not that Chelsea. Um, they used to be a, a, they used to be a Croatian club apparently um, a few years ago, but they're not anymore. And they had a real blend of um, South American and sort of. Um, I would say Aussie players, you know, you're kind of Ocker Aussie, uh, probably more from like Europe. And it was interesting because <laughs> a lot of the uh, the South African, uh, South American lads were talking, you know, in Spanish. 
and they were also quite dirty. So the first time I went up for a, a header, I got a lovely elbow right in the middle of um, the shoulder blade. So that was a nice little introduction. But uh, it was all shut, you know, we all shook hands afterwards and um, had a drink afterwards. But uh, yeah, it was nice. They got absolutely laid into by their coach at halftime. We were, in, we were, lit- it was quite funny. We were in adjoining dressing rooms and we we're basically all just having a giggle listening to their coach tear into them. And uh, they really tried to win. Um, I think they just thought they were going to turn us over and they didn't win. We did. So that was nice. So we ended up finishing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They took it on the chin. And then um, my, my friend, uh, Mark, um, uh, Mark, if you're listening, apologies for um, letting you down as your strike partner um, all the time. Um, He, uh, he, um, he genuinely, although at the time I thought it was slightly sarcastic, but he claims it was genuine. um, He said, or round, words to the effect of, oh, let's give them a round of applause, lads, for the champions, which came off quite sarcastic as we walked past having just beaten them 3-2. But, uh, was it like a slow hand clap? Like, was oh, it like- I actually <laughs> laughed. I actually laughed and then realised that we were doing it seriously. So, oh, you're actually doing uh, but, it? Okay. Yeah, I think it was... Yeah, yeah, it was a bit like, oh, okay, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it was nice. You could have given them uh, a guard nice of honour off the pitch, Matt, you know, like done a little tunnel for oh, them. And sort of yeah, clapped. I did. I, I think... Um, I think they were actually just a bit disappointed, and you know, we genuinely did, um, as the as it were, rain on their parade. So, uh, yeah, it was it was good, it was good, and um, yeah, a few. What else has happened? I'm trying to think, really. Uh, oh yeah, I've been. Um, I found out I was, you know, uh, misdiagnosed with a an ailment that turns out. Um, having seen my physio having thinking I was suffering from plantar fasciitis it turns out actually I've been misdiagnosed uh, and it's actually a fat pad injury as we were just discussing a little while ago yeah uh, I was just querying yeah. whether you can actually injure fat I thought I mean for me it's my well blanket, and I certainly I mean I've got plenty of chronic ailments in my body but you know fat ain't one of them uh, you know, no, well, you know, yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, we, I mean, as, fat as we, injured. I don't, I don't mean I'm not fat. Sorry, just to clarify. No, I mean, no, no, I mean no, that it no, doesn't no, really. I'm, I don't. You can't really pull your fat tissue or or strain well, it. Well, it just sort of sits well, there. No, you'll be surprised, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so obviously, we're an inclusive podcast Dan as you know so you know we mm. we welcome all all shapes and sizes mm. and and uh, I'm shaming and my own people. body there so that's okay isn't yeah it? I will yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, you've got that's a lovely body yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um lovely looking lad uh no the um great personality we, yeah great personality <laughs> uh, yeah um no it turns out that I've as you get older um your fat pads that you have in joints and like on the bottom of your feet and stuff like that uh, get thinner and sort of stretched. And, you know, if you do repetitive injuries like basically running, football, that kind of stuff, okay. you can actually you can actually thin out your pads. And uh, I've got, and I have sore. got fat in parts of my body that I'm hoping will thin out a bit more. Um, when when's that yeah. likely to happen? Like belly well, fat, for example, will that thin out or is that well, just the contact? I don't, it depends. I suppose technically it depends if it's a pad. So, uh, okay. yeah, not just yeah. Your fat, that's where not that's, just your fat reserves generally. No, I think the, that's a slightly different, pads. a slightly different issue. So, yeah, so I, I found okay. out about fat pads. I found out about um, fat pads. Uh, I did have a fat, an injection into a fat pad in one of my knees a few years ago, and that didn't really do anything. But um, yeah, it turns out you got fat pads on your feet. So there you go. I've so so it's uh, it's on the mend. 
anyway, don't worry, mum, I'll be okay. Good. Yeah. Anyway, what about enough of me? Um, what about you? Hey, welcome to Dan and Matt's medical ailment <laughs> chat. More later. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I um, had a yeah. nice weekend. The, uh, Spring has sprung here in Australia, so the blossoms oh, yeah. out on the tree. It was yeah. very summery yesterday. I was it was t shirt and shorts definitely and sunglasses weather. Um, was, not yeah. it wasn't like hot, but it was warm and it was lovely. Um, Father's I did a Day. Bit of hot, yeah, yeah, Father's Day here in yeah. in, in Australia, but the, yeah. which is not the same as the Father's Day in um in, in the in England, which is my excuse right. for. Uh, Missing it every year. Uh, the um, I went to cold water swimming. My wife does cold water swimming, and um, oh yeah, oh it, yeah, um, she does, doesn't she? She does extol the virtues of cold water swimming to everyone that will listen to her. And um, we did that, and the, the sea looked absolutely amazing. It was sparkling. It was still yeah. there was boats out at sea, people on paddle boards, dogs, you know, frolicking in the in yeah. the in, in the shallows. But yeah, it was absolutely freezing. I think it was around about ten degrees. <laughs> and the moment I got in, Jeez. your ankles, your ankles was hurt and then you kind of you yeah. just sort of think for the moment you get in you're thinking when how how long until i get out um but look okay. fair play to my wife she loves it she goes every day uh she says yeah. it really sets her up for the day and gives her like a jolt to her senses and i think there's a there is some evidence that it, it, it does um does help oh, some people love um, it don't they she, it's yeah, an absolute revelation for her she absolutely loves mm. it. it she said that she's yeah, she goes to work and she just said that she's just really clear-minded and like, yeah, just like amazing, like totally revolutionized. It's really revolutionized. Uh, no, there's no, she's not sluggish or anything like that. So look, she, yeah. she loves it. And look, I, I'm a bit of a fair weather swimmer, so I'll, I'll join her for the yeah. kind of warmer months, but it's a little bit cold. We're at the end of the winter season um, yeah. and it's a bit cold at the moment. So I'll give it another few weeks or maybe months and then I'll, I'll do it a bit more regularly. But I, I did enjoy it when the sun's out. Uh, it, it's enjoyable just to sort of just the view of it all. Just to, you know, yeah, oh, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful part of the world. There's no mistaking that, is there? We, you know, we, yeah, we, get we a are bit smug lucky. and go, yeah, yeah. I know. It's like, uh, <laughs> Father's Day out in the hammock in the sunshine, just you know, chilling and yeah, yeah the beaches. Oh, it's very nice. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, so, it didn't accidentally yeah. happen. Like we made it happen. To be fair, but anyway, um, the. Um, the apart from that, I just watched. My daughter's been starring for the Stingrays. She had a, she had, had nice. a great game for them on Saturday. In again in the sunshine, it was beautiful both days of the weekend. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, she's got her Mornington Peninsula Best and Fairest Award Night next Friday. Oh yeah, of course. You mentioned this last. You mentioned so, yeah. This, this is the umpire. Day. This is the umpire voting one. So there's like Ooh. she's in the top ten because only the top ten get invited. Um, oh, that's but cool. weirdly, she only played nine games out of 16. So she's done really well because she only played yeah. like two thirds of the games. Well, only just over half, really, um, nice. of the games. And she's got in the top 10 for the league. So that, that's all good. Um, did a, we repotted some house plants, Matt? You know, very dull, um, suburban sort of thing to do. Um, and then, but then you sit on the couch at the end of the day and you sort of like have that kind of knowing nod to your wife about you know, how successful that repotting has been and how great plants look in their new sort of pots that are slightly larger. Um, Any specific the plants? There's a monstera, which is, I don't know if you know, but it's like a, a what? Sort of broad, a monstera. It's like a broad leaf. It okay. looks like, it looks like it's got bits cut out of the leaves almost. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Big yeah, leaf gotcha. like, yeah. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. Uh, had a very large one of those that were literally spilling out and the roots were like, going out and we potted that yeah. into a very large one uh, and nice. that's looking great next time you pot around mate i'll point it out so you can have a oh, i can't wait have a look um yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, i actually I, I actually um <laughs> cut my grass because it obviously because it's sunny like what duh yeah. yeah and um 
I, I was I was What are you driving these life. days? Is it are we talking petrol? Uh, well actually I've I've actually um I well a few years ago my mate who's now moved out of the court, he had a landscaping business and he gave me a very, very good um second hand, obviously, Honda um mulcher without a catch box. It's a it's a professional level uh mower. He oh. just gave it to me for free. And um without a catch it was box. worth Switch. Yeah, so he just mulches and chucks it all back out on the grass so you don't have to oh, do okay. all that. Yeah, do you yeah, not have to rake nice. it up then? Nah, don't need it. No, you just leave it. It works. It's organic. And you know, yeah, yeah, stuff. Oh, okay. um, and I, what? But I had, did have that proud, proud moment where um, my life partner said to me, um, "She goes, oh, the grass looks nice." I was like, "Yes, darling, it does, doesn't it?" I've slaved <laughs> twenty minutes to me. cut that. <laughs> that was all me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we but, have quite. Um, I'm, on a, I'm did, on a corner block, so I have quite a large yeah. nature strip to sort of uh, yeah cut around. The, they call them nature, nature strips, strip. by the way, for our English <laughs> audiences. Uh, so it's not rude. Uh, it's, the, it's the grass uh, verge. It's just Basically, a bit of grass. Yeah. It's basically pretty much all Australian houses in suburban areas are set back from the road. There's a bit of grass yeah. you don't own, um, but you, yeah. <laughs> Apologies if I'm also patronising you for explaining <laughs> that there's a piece of grass outside most houses. Yeah. But just, uh, yeah. I just realised I used the word that maybe not everyone's familiar with. Anyway, yeah. Um, so apologies if I did explain it, and apologies if I didn't. Uh, it's sort of caught in the middle. Um, but yeah, Either apart from way. that, it was just a nice, nice, relaxing weekend. Yeah. A few, few yeah. drinks. I went out to a 1970s pizza place, a, like original retro yeah. one uh, in Mount Where? Eliza. In Mount Eliza, mm. yeah, I've never been there before, but I got got invited mm. there. It's really good. Nice. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of noisy and sort of Friday night vibe, but it's like got yeah. kind of wooden paneling inside and it's got, it's got those kind of joke pictures of famous people saying like great pizzas. And it's like, you know, a who's who. Yeah. But, that, but when you see the first one, you go, Elvis, oh, he died. <laughs> How could he have had a food? And you realize it's just that it's all a lie. But, um, but that's, that's uh, kind of yeah, thing. yeah. I, um, that's reminded me actually, I know I mentioned it earlier, but, um, big shout out to the over 35 boys again, because went out on a big night out, end of season do, um, between recording the last episode and, uh, obviously having a chat now and had a good night at the, um, What's it called now? Is it the oh I've forgotten the oh the tar barrel, isn't it? Yeah, the old Mornington Brewery. Oh yeah. Some really nice beer in there these days, yeah, and pizzas and then ended up it was quali- this, quality quality nice out, mind you, even though it's just is this like I was actually, funnily the- enough, I was coming to that segment. <laughs> Damn it, you've, uh, yeah. Uh, um, I must recommend the Tar Barrel. Yes. Uh, and uh, apparently what pub's they that do Matt? take Sorry, bookings. what's that one you say? The, the, the Tar Barrel. Uh, they do, do take bookings. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, no, we were up there and then in the Tar, in the tar Barrel. And um, good night out with the boys. And then we, we ended up, uh, you like this, Dan, um, the Dubliner in Mornington. Um, not a sponsor, oh, yeah. but we're available. And they, they I got accosted very briefly by two very, drunk Irish women who I think thought I was singing along to the um to the, the Irish you know guitarist sort of one man band in the corner doing all the um songs and started really loudly singing in my ear for about 30 seconds and sort of hang on was, was it like, a one man band just, with like just, with a with a har- with a harmonica on like a yeah, metal possibly I had a few beers like, did, he, did he have remember. like did he have two symbols on his knees there was, was like a lot, he was making together. a lot of noise. I, might, I don't know, but um, the sure, um, was just a guitarist, Matt, as like guitar. I don't like, know. I don't, it was it, it was a few it was a few hours into the <laughs> night out, but but you know, and then I basically just pretended I was singing some Irish song and smiled a lot and thought probably not okay. best as I'm not Irish. That's my quiz. But, uh, that's like that's my yeah, quiz. My regular quiz for those that. that don't know. Uh, I actually haven't no, been for good. a couple of weeks. Yeah. But there's uh, there's times I 
um, yeah, we, we, we do really well because uh, my friend Terry is a bit of a oracle when it comes to movies, TV, sport, everything. He's a yeah, misplaced childhood. He just like read lots of information <laughs> about things and watched lots of TV yeah. and films. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. that's good. And um, we, but the, the, just to round off that that night out, we classically then ended up basically trying to queue for no apparent reason after the Dubliner to get into a bar for a couple of beers and just did that thing. You know, when you realize why well, you don't go out that much, A, because you're getting older and B, because you tend to spend about an hour when it's colder and right at the end of the night when you've had a few, just standing outside somewhere trying to get in while they try and pretend it's important or something like that, you know, and you just think... Could have just gone home after the Dubliner, but yeah. but then I wouldn't have got to watch um, Scotty try and eat a massive load of kebab meat, which apparently played havoc with him the next day. So, Scotty, if you're listening, hope you hope you're well, mate. But uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that'll uh, that'll do for me and my um bit. So yeah, um, football and stuff. Yeah, What's going let's on? Talk about, oh, let's, the let's the talk Women's about World Premier Cup. League. Crikey, oh. seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? But um, yeah, now, yeah, now the Premier League and. Other football back, back to more familiar territory of the Premier League. Yeah. So what, um, yeah. Well, look, we haven't really we haven't done a podcast a little bit, so quite a lot's happened uh, in the space yeah. of it. But obviously, like let's like, most recently, like just like sort of you know who's on the up, who's on the downward trend. Um, yeah. Let's. I just want to talk about the newly promoted teams first of all because yeah, go. it's a bit sad because <laughs> only one point they played ten games between them. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one point has been actually taken of those 10 games. And that was Sheffield yeah. United's draw against Everton. So the, yes. it's looking quite bleak, even this early on, um, yeah. in that there's not a lot of points around for those newly promoted teams. Um, and yeah, that, so that's kind of my first sort of hot take. Um, yeah. My second hot take is um, Newcastle have <laughs> done badly, but... <laughs> Watch this space yeah. because they've had a very tough start, right? They've had yeah. they've had Man City, they've had Liverpool. I, I just want to mention the Liverpool game because such rotten luck, wasn't it? Like you know, yeah. winning the game like that, and then two late identical goals from Darwin Nunes, who's normally not the best, yeah. most clinical finisher in the world, but seems to just no. find a way to score those two goals. Yeah, and Newcastle should have put it to bed. They had a chance at one 0 Yeah, they should have scored. Um, look, no one expects to beat Man City, which they I think they played them on you know, the opening round, I think. And then and then they've lost to Brighton yeah. at the weekend. Um, Evan Ferguson. It was a Ferguson hat-trick weekend, wasn't it? I thought that. that was quite a clever wordplay. Man. Did you see that? See what I did there? Oh, Ferguson. Son also got a hat-trick. Yeah. Yeah. See that? That's quite yeah. I should be a... I should write those yeah. like, banner headlines. I'm sorry, I'm um, still struggling to come to terms with a Sunderland fan basically defend, like defending Newcastle's dodgy start to the season. Well, I don't want to get carried away. I don't want to start oh. crowing because oh, yeah. I know that they've got yeah. Brentford and like you know someone average next. Um, yeah. So they, they have they have had like they played Liverpool and Man City in those first and away at Brighton is on paper you know one of the tougher games in the Premier League actually if you actually yeah. think about it because of what Brighton's yeah. like team and form. Um, but yeah, Evan Ferguson. Wow, did you see did you see his goals? They're just uh, one of them particularly. Yeah. Uh, I, I can. It's just one of those he absolutely hammered it and it was just like beautiful to watch. Um, he looks Man City, like a very good prospect. Yeah. He yeah. does, yeah. I mean, Man City, they're going to win pretty much every week, right? So, mm. and, you know, coming on to Arsenal, who have pretty much got to, got to do it to keep pace. Yeah. And, um, yeah, um, 
Arsenal, Arsenal, Man U, man. Maybe you to talk about that one because you're probably more emotionally completely, invested in that. Than completely I am. unbiased. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the, wor- the worst thing about it was I wore my an Arsenal jacket to work because there's a Man United fan who is a classic. He's a lovely guy. He's but he's your classic Romford red, you know, Essex boy, <laughs> and um, he's a really nice guy. And I just thought I'll just casually wear a jacket and won't say anything. And he turns out he's mm. bloody on holiday for three weeks, so that was a bit of a oh, pain. Oh, I like that. But um, yeah, um, but no. Uh, well, basically, um, obviously, very happy to win. Um, slight you know usual sort of var getting involved and giving me a freaking heart attack as usual I'm not as everyone will know not a fan of VAR but um, in one way it saved us because there was the offside um, Ganacho goal that you know that's where as I've said before that's where VAR's good if I can say it because it's basically you're offside or you're not even if it's a millimetre and we might mm. disagree with it all how it's the, the spirit of the game and all that stuff you are either on or off but um the rest, I don't know. Like you, 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 you've seen the penalty that Havertz got given and then was taken away. I just, no, I just don't like VAR. Um, the, <laughs> but yeah, yeah look, look, look. I'm trying not to be really biased, but basically, I'm really happy that we won because we kind of played well enough to win the game. I thought fairly comfortably, but Man United always always have you know even when they're struggling you have to remember they're struggling but they're still you know a really good side and then Rashford always scores against us and he, he scored on his trademark cutting in off the left beautiful goal and we showed good tenacity come back and yeah great to get basically to win it right at the death um really it was it was great so uh and see Gabriel Jesus come back um so yeah it's uh it, for us I'll say this I'm not getting too carried away here but it feels like for Arsenal, we're not quite firing on all cylinders, but we've we've only dropped two points against Fulham, and we could have quite easily won that game. So, yeah, look, I hope we can do what we did last year, and obviously maybe go one better. But it's a big ask because Man City just rock up and you know do do the biz. So we'll yeah. see. But you it's have, I, I, yeah. Yeah. you wouldn't have expected. Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans to be the centre-back partnership to finish <laughs> no, that game for Man United. No. It's, roll, it's sort no. of rolling back the years a little bit, particularly with Johnny Evans. And I, I think Johnny Evans is a great player, but um, yeah. I don't know whether, you know, they would have expected him to be quite as prominent in the game like that. I mean, they've had some injuries in that position. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a problem. I'll just go back to VAR, because I think VAR, it's it's easy to jump on the um, I hate VAR, VIR, yeah. uh, VAR and Wagon. Yeah. But yeah. they they do trot out stats about how many mm. like correct decisions they've got right compared to like you yeah. know several seasons ago and didn't exist. And I think what the problem yeah. is is that there's just there's, yeah. there's a shift in the culture in the actual games and the waiting around and all that stuff that fans instantly reject because it's like yeah. change. And and call me a you know yeah. stupid progressive, but. I've been on the end of really bad decisions in the past, right? That have completely, you know, changed games, missed out on things, you know. And to know that although VAR is not perfect, it is percentage-wise going to get more decisions right than than it doesn't. The, the the other issue, and this came when we discussed very briefly and we had a disagreement over the penalty, because <laughs> even with VAR... There's still a grey area about interpretation of foul play, right? And I think there is a there is a body of opinion. And I think it's, I don't know, just when I speak to, and I'm not pointing the finger at you here, by the way, Matt, but when I've heard some <laughs> people, I've heard conversations, particularly younger people, when they basically, they, they think any kind of contact 
in the box is immediately therefore a penalty and it's like mm. no that's that's not the law it's it's it has to be deemed to be foul play uh, and just you know tripping kicking kicking someone's leg and falling over um, and i'm not saying that happened in this situation by the way but i think there's just yeah. there seems to be a bit of a clamor and look when i was you know younger the the change in the fifa rules in my through my lifetime have meant that you know the attacker is king now like who'd be a defender yeah. now i mean you literally you have to put your arms behind your back you have to sort of yeah. dive like a sort of roller carpet falling out the end of a, a truck to sort of try and block things, you know, draft excluders and walls. There's all these weird things <laughs> they do now where in the olden days you didn't worry about it, you know, and handballs yeah. as well. I mean, like, let's not get into the handball like, no. area today. Um, but, you know, it's anyone thinks that, you know, then you get that, was it in a natural position and was it, and, you know, yeah. we've, on this pod, Matt, we've talked about in the World Cup some of those yeah. handball decisions. Yeah, and yeah. I think it just needs, it needs sort of sorting out the rule, actually. The rule's at fault, not the actual, um, yeah, maybe the interpretation of it. But, um, but yeah, so look, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say I love VAR and there are times when I just think this is absolutely ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. But I just think that you've got to be a bit balanced and think, you know, when Ganacho's goal was chalked off, I'm sure you loved VAR for that few, those few <laughs> seconds before you then, obviously your emotions calm down and, you know, and yeah. you know, big picture, you don't like VAR as a principle, yeah. but there are moments in games when you go, thank the Lord that yeah. that was actually looked at. Um, and look, he was offside by, you know, a, a one Adidas pin, one Adidas stripe on his uh, on the, on his shoulder, <laughs> like you know, the one seam. Um, but look, um, I think yeah, Man United are in a bit of trouble early on. They seem to have gone downhill. Uh, Casemiro doesn't seem to be as mobile as he was even a few months ago. And when he was like, you know, one of their better best players, you know, from talking to some fans, one of their better players. Uh, if not the best player last season for them. And he just seems to be a little bit off. Yeah. Doesn't seem to be a lot of balance in midfield. You know, they've, beaten, they've been beaten now by Spurs and Arsenal. Yeah. Um, just seems a little bit out of kilter for them. Um, but hey, they, you know, as I said, they, they, uh, the fans are sort of clamouring uh, and they don't have a lot of patience because they have, because of their success, certainly, you know, through my um, substantial part of my lifetime they yeah. were the top team you know them in Liverpool and obviously Arsenal as well but a bit yeah. of Chelsea in there but you know that's uh, good to see the um the other one was Spurs I think I love you I don't know whether you've seen many yeah. managers press conferences it must be awful for you because he's actually <laughs> just like a bloke in a press conference it's he's quite, so great uh, <laughs> it's quite painful think- I was actually saying I was actually saying this to my kids because living over here you want to see Ange do well but I don't because he's a he's at Tottenham. But you like, but, but but he he is a, he always comes off really well, and I do feel he plays up to the kind of oh you know sort of oh who am I mate? I'm just some Aussie kangaroo, you know whatever. But um, he's clearly a bit more than that. But I know he comes off really well. But um, I will have to say um, just you know for for your VAR diatribe um you are a stupid <laughs> progressive i'm sorry so i don't, uh, don't agree with you but no he um is uh <laughs> i've just been holding on to that for about five minutes no um he i know i know aside from my irrational hatred of tottenham um no i think he's a breath of fresh air and it's good to see but um yeah it's uh it is, he gets asked some ridiculously banal questions and it does yeah. i do think even in this day and age it does highlight how you know there's still quite a lot of you know i don't know if prejudice is the right word but just people probably don't 
in you know maybe um, in the UK and, and Europe sort of think who's this Aussie guy you know what does it you know the, mm. there is a this you, you just hear some of the questions he gets asked but I, I think he's done a, a good job and and as we know from when he was with the Socceroos and Postacoglu will back himself um, uh, and he's got the record to back himself so yeah interesting to see but um, I think he's really yeah, yeah I think he's really he comes across as that kind of like you know as you said he plays the so you know what you're talking about mate you know like sort of yeah sort of but i think behind the scenes he's you know he's very driven and i think he's very clear yeah. with the team it's very early days i mean we're, we're only talking four matches in so let's not let's not get mm. too carried away because you know a couple of losses and it, it all kind of like bumps back down to earth but you know at the moment they're sitting second they're scoring yeah. plenty of goals uh, james madison is a fantastic signing yeah. did you see did you see the other week when he put um put the ball down for a a, a corner and he was being yeah. um he was being jeered by the home fans about you know southgate thinks you know southgate yeah. was right yeah. you're, you're no good yeah, yeah. and then he he, he he moves the ball out of the 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 triangle like to take the corner yeah. and they all like yeah. and then he looks up and sort of smiles at them so i love that yeah. it, 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 show, yeah. it shows that he's relaxed it shows that he's you know and he's going to be and he scored a great goal at the weekend as well yeah um so i think that, that's a it's a brilliant signing i think james madison he's definitely um he's definitely a character as the the old yeah. uh, you know in the old sense of the word but it's, yeah it's, i think um yeah. it's it's good for tottenham um obviously it's annoying for me but no it's um i think Going into that, going into Tottenham, Postacoglu's already got them playing decent football, and that means that the fans are probably happier because they've had the sort of the whole Mourinho Conte kind of just pain, really. So yeah, good luck to him. He seems to have done it so quickly as well. I mean, he only had one yeah. pre-season, really. I mean, he hasn't really had mm. that long, and he's inherited. He signed a few players, but he's inherited, and he's got a few players back from injury and so on. So yeah. it does feel like a completely new team. When you watch them, you're like, yeah. I don't know. Half the team I had never really seen before. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. That's true. The, the other team I want to mention is just West Ham because I think they've yeah. started so well as well. And again, in the similar to Madison, James Ward-Prowse yeah. is just the proven Premier League, um, you know, performer. He scored at the weekend. It's, it's again another brilliant. He's I, I mean, good. he could, yeah. you, you could get. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised one of the top teams didn't get him. I mean, I think he probably he, wants yeah. to play every week and he wouldn't probably play he's, every week if he played at a top, really one of the he, top it's, teams. It's a funny one with him because statistically he's like ridiculously good. Like he's such a consistent performer. But I, mm. I think the issue with him has been he's not very quick. Um, so you kind of have to build a team around him, um, uh, playing central midfield, getting all a bit tactical. But, you, you know, he's not that far. So... Uh, so I also think there's a perception thing because he was at Southampton. He was kind of like I know not as good as Matt Letizia, but fans of our generation, he was kind of like that that sort of player though, wasn't he? Like he was Southampton mm. through and through. He kept them up. He's amazing free kick specialist. You know, very technical but very dedicated player. Um, yeah. So I think I think he's the perfect signing for a team like West Ham, who basically have got. You know, they don't really want the ball too much. And then when they get it, they counter-attack really quickly and they've got mm. decent technical players. And I, I really like James Ward-Prowse. I, re- I, I always thought I, I always thought it'd be lovely to have signed him but for, for Arsenal. But I just think I think that's probably what's held him back a bit is he just doesn't quite have that pace. And he's, ma- I don't know, because like, he doesn't really, he's, he's never really played for England, has he either? You know, you think like he's, yeah. you know, he's renowned for his dead ball ability, but uh, he's a mm. cracking player. Yeah, I'm glad to see him yeah. kicking on again. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I love with West. I like so, Michael Antonio as well, just purely because it's like he's come from you yeah. know, the league and he's risen up, and he's just so he's so good on yeah. his own up top. Like he just 
He's I just heard so of that about him. Yeah, this Amazing. is. You know, you know all these odd stats now that you get because we're living in the world where everything is like super stat. Mm. Apparently, he is, according to I don't know if he's Opta, whoever he is, the best two v one striker in the Premier League. It's <laughs> basically what, what means he when he wins he's... his duels when he's mar- when he's up against two players he wins his duels oh, better okay. than any other player apparently I don't I know how they that. measure the when actual metric play, I don't, yeah. who yeah. knows how they measure that yeah. anyway alright well, we might take a little break Matt sort of... yeah 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 sorry oh, I've cut yeah, you off on. I'm sorry Matt that's alright <laughs> I was going to say we'll take a little break now yeah, yeah. Go on, say, yeah. say it now. You've said Thank it now. You. Go on. Yeah, yeah. Finish no, 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 it's fine. No, no, it's fine. No, no I was going to say, do you, if you remember <laughs> with Antonio, do you remember he's like playing as a sort of right wing back at some point and then he kind of ended up mm. becoming a striker and stuff. And it's just, yeah, no, it's, I, I, I love it. That's why we like football, don't we? But yeah, let's let's yeah. have a little break. and um, Let's have a little break uh, and we'll come back and talk sponsors. a bit about Sunderland's demolition of, of Southampton, <laughs> among other things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> See you among this. other things. <laughs> All right. Oh, funny. part two um so in this half we're going to talk a little bit about um championship just because that's the uh, league that Sunderland find themselves in it's actually a really competitive championship this year more so than last year you've got the big hitters you know Leeds Leicester have dropped into the league um you know you've got some uh, Southampton you've got and then you've got other teams like Sheffield Wednesday for example who you know okay they're not um historically you know were were big um, and you've got Ipswich mm. have come back up as well. You've got Ipswich and Norwich now with that with that derby game. It just feels like there's more strength and more, anyway, more sort of pedigree, if you like, um, than there was last year. Um, and yeah, so the, I mean, the, the pace setters are, are still Ipswich. Um, they've, they're, they're doing really well. Pre- Preston also, I think, went actually top with their win over Stoke City. It's actually funny because we're one of um, Finn's friends, uh, Paddy's a big Stoke fan. And before it, he's oh, like, yeah. oh, you're going to yeah. Before he's giving it the big one, going, oh, yeah, Southampton are probably going to beat you. They're, they're much better than you. They just come down to <laughs> Premier League. They've got four Premier League players in their team. You're going to get beaten. So we beat them 5-0. And the next morning, I was like, did you see the Stoke result? They got beat 2-0 at home as well. So to ruin yeah. their home record. So can't deserves you for giving the big one. You know, if you've been a bit more, t- you know, I wouldn't have gone back to him. I said to Finn, and he, uh, he gave him the kind of shush um, uh, emoji with the uh, the finger pressed up against the lips, lips yeah. the next morning. But as the kids yeah, do so look, these days, yeah, they were. Yeah. I mean, Sunderland. I actually watched it because it was a uh, it's a nine thirty pm kickoff for us here in Australia, so it's actually perfect. Um, yeah. I love that kickoff time because it's like you, you have it doesn't get in the yeah. way of anything of the day, and you can settle down and watch the game and and, and also you know not ruin your not good night's sleep because you know at my age I need I need a bit a bit more sleep than maybe than, uh, than the younger lads. <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, Sunderland were brilliant. They they just um, they they counted really well. Southampton didn't really. I don't think Southampton actually played that badly. It's just Sunderland really capitalised on every shot there. They went up. It wasn't even like a minute gone, and they were one 0 up. Uh, Jack Clark, who you know, the Premier Burnley, I think, was circling for him. They'd offered ten million, and he was. I think he was told that if someone offered ten million, he could go. They offered ten million, and then the club said nah. Because you've got you've already you've got another few years on your contract. <laughs> um, we did sell, you know, Ross yeah. Stewart, um, but he he's hardly played over the last two seasons. And when he has, he's scored goals. Um, and I think we've got about I think 
yeah. eight million and two in add-ons, and then I think Ross County gets some money as well. But he only had a year to go. I like the policy. I don't want to hang on to people that don't want to be there. I think Southampton have got the parachute yeah. money, so they're they're, they're they're not like we did when we dropped down. You, they, all the clubs know you've got a bit of extra cash. Um, so I think yeah. they kind of just they kind of uh, rinse you a little bit because they know. Yeah. So I think it's good. I mean, there's. Um, we, our policy is really, you know, Christian Speakman, it's basically just to recruit really promising up and coming 20 year olds from mostly France, it seems. Um, um, <laughs> so Pierre Equar, who scored amazing goal at the weekend. In fact, he got two, but I think one will probably be given as an own goal. Um, yeah. He's got, he's actually funny. He's got, he's French, uh, but he spent a lot of time in the West Ham youth system. So he's got this really weird accent because it's like, it's French, but he's got a little <laughs> bit of a kind of London geezer when he talks. Yeah. But it's like, got a slight French, but he seems, I like seems those like a really nice, yeah. seems like a really nice kid. Um, yeah. And talking to kids, um, Chris Rigg, who scored our fifth goal, yes. became the became the youngest ever uh, league goal scorer for Sunderland at 16 years and 76 days. So I'm not wow. sure what I was doing when I was 16 years and 76, uh, but I wasn't scoring in front of 40,000 fans at a football club. Um, so look, it was really it was just a real feel good day in that Sunderland absolutely like hammered one of the Premier League teams that came down last year. Um, obviously, they have sold a few players. Um, I think uh, what their striker, um, Jay, is it Jay Adams, was supposed to be off to Wolves and that fell through. Yeah. He came on, didn't do very much. Um, defensively, we looked a little bit. I want to talk about Luke 09 as well. So Luke 09 is um, one of those players, the player we recruited when we were kind of bottoming out in League One, right? So he's... He, he's moved to the northeast. His kids were both born in the northeast. He's been there since the dark days, but he's mm. such a lovely guy. Have you ever seen him? Ever see him interviewed? He's really lovely. He's like he's really positive. And also, there's a great story. I don't know if you read this, Matt. It's a great story in the local news. So he was actually yeah. on the beach in in Sunderland with his. It was like leisure time on the weekend with his family, and there was an an aging Labrador that got got a bit stuck in the water and was struggling. So he went and he dragged the Labrador out. And sort of basically just massaged its belly until it coughed up all the seawater that was in its lungs and basically saved this Labrador. So he's like, he's not only like a hero uh, on the beach saving, and apparently the people didn't really know who he was. And then it turned out that someone said, oh, do you know, by the way, that's like Luke 09, he's played for Sunderland. And he's playing at centre-back. He's not, he's played every position pretty much in the whole team, apart from goalkeeper. Um, He's played, you know, he plays on the wing, he plays at full-back, he's playing centre-back currently alongside Dan Ballard. So it was just a really feel-good day. Um, Lyndon Gooch has gone. Lyndon Gooch is a player that we had in the Premier League. He's, he was actually our longest-serving player, and he's actually gone to Stoke City. He played in the 2-0 loss at home. Uh, and um, and that's a bit torn, because he was, he was like... People, people... Fans were quite divided about him, because, you know, he's... Uh, probably lacks a little bit of finesse sometimes, but you can't really doubt his, his, yeah. he's quite fast, and he was um, always gives, like, top effort um, when he, whenever he plays. So a little bit, he's, you know, and he, he moved from Santa Cruz in like, you know, in California when he was a, a kid and joined the Sunday yeah. Academy. So he's like been there since he was. He was a fan's favourite, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know about a fan's yeah. favourite. I think he was a bit, some people didn't rate him because he's, um, but he got, he scored goals and he'll do it. He'll do all right thought, at, at Stoke, I'm sure. But yeah, um, it's just one of those things where, where, you know, 
kids move on. And it, uh, so, yeah, really, real feel good day for, for Sunderland. Um, yeah, Preston seemed to be up there. I don't know whether that will last particularly, um, but Ipswich are the other team that are up there. And there's a few others that have started strong. Um, but overall, it was a fantastic. I can't remember, you know, Sunderland winning by that margin and being that convincing at home. Uh, but it looked like a it looked like a great a great day um, in the northeast. But yeah, um, the it's, it just got uh, yeah, me thinking as well. Good. Oh, Matt, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say it's definitely definitely good because you no that's all right mate we that's we did this it is called a chat um we uh no it's good it's good because you like you know I'm just quickly looking at the table while you're talking there I see already you can see you know like Sunderland and about five or six other teams are in that kind of you know one two lost two drawn one you know like really sort of tight classic championship thing where I know it's a bit of a cliche but any team can beat any team on the day but you kind of get that result where you know. Southampton are still above you in the table, but you smashed them five <laughs> nil. You know, it's kind of that yeah. that random nature of the championship, particularly at this time of the year when it's kind of getting into its groove. And you think, like, I'm looking, I'm just looking at the bottom of the table. You go, all right, it's only five games, but bottom four, Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough are the ones that stand out yeah. there, really. They won't want to yeah, be Yeah, Middlesbrough there. and Sheffield yeah. Wednesday, and you're like, geez, yeah. So, yeah. but it's as we know, that gone. could all turn around. It, it, yeah, it definitely can. Around. Yeah, um, Leicester are the yeah. other one that have started strong. Um, and mm. yeah, so they're, they're also up there. Well, as you would expect, I mean, even with a few sales in key departments, they're still a very strong squad. So they should be very yeah. competitive. Um, yeah, but Leeds have, have been a bit, plenty of draws and yeah, and the and Middlesbrough won't want to be anywhere near down the bottom there. I was actually thinking, yeah. um, it, it, it made me think about um, Lyndon Gooch being one of those um, sort of schoolboy um, players and, and I thought of the Premier League it seems that quite a culture of selling your sort of youth talent like if you look at if you look at the way is it a, is it Cole Palmer has just been transferred yeah. um, he's just been sold Definitely and then Mason Mount was yeah. was off um, yeah. just made me think and, and I read a I read an article about how there's actually a financial reason why clubs do that because yeah. if you sell an academy product it's all pure profit so when yeah. the financial fair play balance sheet is looked at um, the they're actually you know your schoolboy products are actually the ones that will give you the most value because it's yeah. all profit and it'll all go in the ins column. Uh, whereas if you sell you know you, you sell a player that you've already bought, there's already um, there's there's a transaction there. So it's yeah. actually a bit weird. It's, it's not maybe it's the businessmen making those decisions and finance people not you know you know homegrown products though. Like as a fan, you yeah. love homegrown products. You love people yeah. that are from the area that are representing you know it goes deeper than just um you know a badge and a, a, a different color shirt it's it's sort mm. of like you know it represents that the, the community and um yeah. i don't know and i just thought it was weird if we're relying on you know football clubs owned by corporations and countries and decisions are made purely on finance basis and not necessarily um for any other abstract reasons that maybe aren't measurable by bank sheets just made me a bit sad i was thinking like you know what do we not want sort of representation of, of local players and, and so on? I just thought it might be a bit of a thing of the past at the very top. Um, but I, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know what I mean, you think about that. Well, from an Arsenal point of view, it's kind of a bit of both because we've obviously got, you know, um, Saka, who is a, you know, mm, Saka, yeah. who's like, he's clapping. How he's, popular he's is he? Amazing. And he's not, he's and, not going anywhere, you know. Um, and then you've got, they call them the Hale End boys because you've got the Hale End Academy. So you've got Emil Smith Rowe, who's a very mm -hmm. popular but can't get in the team right now, Eddie Nketiah. But we sold um, 
uh, Balogun to Monaco for about 40 million euros. So that's that's all wow. profit. Um, mm. Well, it's weird if Arsenal, because we're terrible at selling players. But basically, our three biggest sales were Alex Awobi, who's technically all profit academy player to Everton. We, we managed to get about 40 million out of them or 35. Mm. Um, and... Uh, Willock, Joe Willock, when we sold him to Newcastle oh, yeah. for about, Newcastle, you know, yeah. about 30 years. So, you know, it, it's it's weird, but um, yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's kind of an odd situation where you've got this kind of odd market for players. Like Cole Palmer is a, looks a good player, obviously a very good player, but, you know, he's highly rated, but you've got this odd situation where um, those players have their own kind of weird marketplace where they're worth more than they're Probably, yeah. you know, their, their selling price is probably more than they're actually worth, but they're worth more because they kind of account the, these weird financial fair play mm. sort of oddities. Well, James Trafford, like you... the, the, the goalkeeper yeah. that City yeah, have just that sold, he's never played a game. He's yeah. never played a game for Man City. He's played for England more than he's played yeah. for. Was he twenty million or something? It was like, yeah, like, but what? like, it's yeah. like, well, could you not Odd. hang on to him? And you know, like, I don't know. Like, I don't yeah. goalkeepers is a little bit different because if you're third, fourth in the pecking order, then yeah, you do need to move. But um, yeah. it just, it just seems rather than like you know, like farm the player out on loan they'll tend to sell them now because that'll give them um you know that'll balance up the balance sheet for like big transfers the other way and they can bring other yeah. talent in based on that balance sheet and it just just struck me that we're yeah. going to see more yeah. of that um as, as possibly but i think the other the other problem you've got and i was listening to a few podcasts saying this is one of the big issues right now with and you know we could get into this potentially but the, the the Premier League, the money in the Premier League, as we've seen, is so insane in terms of this weird hyperinflation. So, for example, you know, the Declan Rice Casido, 100 million, tra- you know, basically a 100 million player is now what was probably a 40 million player, which sounds ridiculous, like yeah. four or five years ago. The issue is you, it creates all these levels of how much, like these different levels of markets for players. So you kind of get into this, well, he's 30 million and he's 40 million because he's basically an averageish, okay Premier League player, but he's English, therefore he doesn't count as a foreign player. La, la, la. You know, you kind of get into all these weird levels. So basically the best, best players are kind of 100 million plus and then you've got these other levels. So it's kind of, it is, look at Anthony Gordon. Newcastle paid, what, 40 million for Anthony Gordon. I mean, like, you know, it's just, it's it's a weird, it's an odd situation. It? Yeah, it's an odd situation. But then look at Arsenal sold... Um, Rob Holding to Crystal Palace for about three million quid because basically he's twenty seven. <laughs> he's not. He's not going to play for England. He doesn't really count as a young player. Yeah, when the, the, and then it's just weird. Yeah. you know, it's just a weird situation now. Yeah, it boggles your mind. I mean, and then you got like Saudi Arabia market comes in, and that boggles yeah. your mind even more. And I, I think I, I think I said yeah. to you earlier, Matt. It's sort of I've reflected that I don't, I don't really begrudge Saudi Arabia spending all that money. I mean, it's stupid money, and it makes no. me sort of bit dizzy to think about it but it's it's their yeah. money and then they want to spend it on like you know the best talent in, on the market at the moment that's they want to grow their organic you know league product uh, and they want to they want to supercharge it by bringing in the superstars and sprinkling them through the teams i think that's fair i do object to them buying clubs in other countries but that's more to do with the countries allowing them to happen but yeah that's because that, yeah. i don't think that's healthy um for for a system and i don't think really talk, yeah. it was talked about when when abu dhabi did it in man city um but then i think since then you know qatar ownership of psg and then obviously newcastle mm. owned by um the what was it 
a people's investment fund uh, in Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah, yeah. Not it's the a, government I just don't of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then, of yeah. course, it's also yeah. inflated because because um, they know they've got money. So, what you, you know, someone with loads of money comes in and asks you how much is it to buy Anthony Gordon, you're not going to – you're going to highball it, aren't you? You're not going to be – you're yeah, not yeah. going yeah. to go to the very top end of what you think the player is even worth and then add on another 10 million and then say that and then they'll probably pay it. Which they did. It's hard. It's hard to work out, and I think, I, th- I think, but then you know we we can talk about all this stuff. But then, as we were sort of chatting about earlier um, off air, the Melbourne we were talking about. You know, we really want to go and see Melbourne City playing some Asian mm. Champions League games. Could never been to that before, and mm. even though they're in the kind of East West conferences right now. If a Saudi Arabia team, which is loaded with European stars, ends up playing Melbourne City in a knockout game, we'll put all that stuff to one side and and go, yeah, let's. Go. Be, imagine how big that would be for football down here if yeah. you had a, you know, if you basically had a pro league team with like, you know, Benzema and Neves and all that that, that kind, you know, Neymar rocking up. Is that how? That would be, is that how the tournament works? Do they travel? I yeah, look at yeah. it, but there's yeah, an East they, and West they, they, and then when they yeah, win they, through, they play. Yeah. Like, do they play legs or do they meet in the city and do? Was yeah. that just COVID? They meet in legs. So, because it's such a big comp, you know, obviously it's a massive continent with so many different mm. time zones, they divide it into an east west um, group stages and then you get into a knockout stage a bit further down the you track. Do, there so. is a knockout, though, that does involve the Saudi yep. teams, is there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Saudi teams have got a good track record in it. So, well, let's, yeah, well, let's so. hope Melbourne City can get. So we'll learn it. more about it. But yeah, it's, talking um, of talking of talking of countries owning football teams. Yeah, let's hope Melbourne yeah. City get through. Completely contradictory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. But I, I also <laughs> wanted to just a quick shout, a quick shout out to uh, the. Um, you know, our, our friend Paul in deepest, darkest West Wales, because uh, looks like the Gillingham wheels have well and truly fallen off after four straight wins. They've, I think they've lost two on the bounce now. So they're in third, but, you know, probably, you know, another season fighting off relegation beckons after that full storm, I would say, maybe. I don't know. I'm being very... Still harsh. early days, though, Matt. It's still, still early, early days. days. Still not, early not, days. Let's not jump you know. to conclusions. No, no. Um, and, uh, what about the, uh, let's yeah. talk about the Champions League, Matt, shall we? Um, quickly, do you want to talk about that or not? Yeah, I'm not. This sounds ridiculous. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm struggling to get excited about the Champions League, even though, like, I know that is horrifically entitled. But, um, I. Yeah, I. I think possibly because Arsenal haven't been in it for a while, and and it's nice to be back. But uh, yeah, I think also because with the, the way the group stage works now, and the you know the massive disparity between foot Premier League and everyone else, the um. <laughs> It, it's you kind of feel like it's all even though we haven't been in the in the Champions League for a long time um we kind of will be favorites to get through the group you know despite the fact we're playing you know um teams that have been there more than we have recently so it's a uh, pretty handy group though I reckon it's not it's, it's been reasonably kind to you hasn't it like yeah but that's that's what I'm saying I just feel PSG like and yeah, I just, I just sort of, I just sort of feel like, yeah, that you know, they're, they're decent enough teams, but um, the the Champions League really now it's, it's become such a kind of almost oh, sound that we really sound like old men today, aren't we? The um, the Champions League has got because it, it doesn't really get going until the knockout stages no. now, does it? You no. know, like, as in I know, you know, it's literally like you just got these almost. I know they call them over here, don't they, in the AFL, like the blockbuster rounds. But it's kind of like. I know oh, it's very boring um, the group stages. Arsenal, Arsenal are, normally a yeah, of Arsenal are fully expected to win. Arsenal are fully expected to win the group stage. That's it. So, um, yeah. 
Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll get more into it as it starts. Yeah, again, no, I, I, really I, just, like I don't. I just yeah. I look at the results, and if there's a good uh, if there's a good one, then I'll I'll watch the highlights. But yeah, I don't don't get too in, interested in it until. The, but I, I love no. the group. I love the quarters and semis. I love those games because yeah. it's suddenly yeah. a fair fight. Because you have you know Qatar plays Abu Dhabi, and it's suddenly like a fair <laughs> fight. And um, yeah. and it's uh, you know it's it's uh, there's yeah. no need for it. Um, but yeah, I saw anyway, didn't next... get through. But yeah. No, they didn't. And and then next year it all changes to this weird Swiss league model where basically they all kind of play a bit but and then they get through and it's all a bit look let's be blunt and so again this is, with our old yeah. with our old man right you know shouting at the clouds kind of approach um it's all about making sure the bigger teams stay in as long as possible and get as much money going in as possible really you know um and it's a response to the super league idea so the this swiss is, league this model is, this is a european weird. super league really isn't it oh really? yeah because like, totally, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. these aren't all champions in this tournament nah. like even though it's called the <laughs> no. champions league like no. newcastle no. Isn't it? they're not champions yeah. like you know yeah. and arsenal yeah most yeah well most, most most of the teams by default are not champions really so, so this so. is this is a european super league already it's already here yeah really. and it will it's be just, it will be Next, it will be next year with the with the Swiss model because that is basically a league. Like it's not. It's it's. Oh uh, really? I wasn't uh, aware. Is that, so they're all lumped yeah. together. Or there's no group. Pretty much. I mean, I, you know, that's a very basic point. Um, I'm giving it a very basic rundown. But yeah, it's it's. It, and How then many you games get. You uh, oh dear, I think that off the top of my head, I don't actually know. But it's kind of it's a diff. It's a it's an odd system. It's a bit like the World Cup where you know they've expanded it to sort of you know or the Euros, the men's Euros now, where you have like twenty four teams. So you play like you know the first everyone plays three games to eliminate eight teams, and you've got sixteen going through. It's kind of like that. So uh, there's thirty um, two teams. There's like two groups yeah. of sixteen. So as we go, don't know. What, let's go and do a bit yeah. of research, shall we? And we'll come back next yeah. time, and maybe yeah, talk yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time. Mm-hmm. But I did. I wanted to say as well. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, I haven't t- chatted much about women's football um, because that obviously still goes on without the World World Cup now. But uh, we're in that kind of weird lull, aren't we? Where I think we mentioned it in the last pod, where um, obviously it's the end. The, the the it's the end coming up to the end of the um AFL and rugby league NRL seasons where we get into finals territory and football slash soccer has not um the professional leagues don't the A leagues don't start till October. So it's kind of this weird lull where you've had um everyone's still talking about it to some degree. There's kind of this, you know, um excitement still about what happened and, and what could happen. Uh, with women's sport in general and football but um it's not like front and center because basically there isn't any professional football on is there so it's all the state no. leagues finishing up so i see the um there's there's been record numbers um of new memberships for yeah. uh, women's league teams which is good to see like they're talking now like you know you got in sort of three four five thousand which is decent numbers when you think about it because they're talking about they had a few hundred before and the fact that obviously we, the the women's league is now going to be a 22 round season which is great i mean um the and and also that there's I think it's free for under 16. So there's kind of an impetus building and and it's it's great to see that they're still getting talked about um and I hope I think even the um the women's AFL they've kind of you know they've tried to tack onto it a bit as well and kind of on the sort of from a women's sport point of view and yeah. the women's AFL they definitely got some big crowds with it. there was the opening round at the weekend and there were some yeah. big crowds. Yeah. So so I think it's um it, you know it, it, that sort of 
that's something just to keep an eye on over the next next few weeks as we build up to the start of the season in October. And I, and I, I, I was saying to you, I'd like to get up and actually watch a few games um, this season as well and see, and see what it's all yeah, about. Definitely. And um, the obviously with the women's European leagues are starting to get back into in clicking in now as well. And there's been some big signings, you know, over there, uh, over in Europe. So it's kind of yeah, it's 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 a slightly odd period. It feels like, and I think. You know, the next few weeks, when it all kicks off over here, we'll be, we'll be able to tell what's really happened because, you know, you've had all the politicians, you know, <laughs> jumping on the bandwagon and everyone, you know, sort of getting in, uh, jumping on with um, making sure they're on social media, supporting the Matildas and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see, see what, what happens what over time for action now, right? when once the season yeah starts, yeah because you kind of it feels happens. a bit like yeah. that yeah it feels a bit like that doesn't it you know um, mm. but I was talking to my um, my friend Reese um, who's the the you know name dropping shamelessly who's the president of um, Mount Martha's Soccer Club and he said you know already they're getting inquiries and there's a there's they expect a big sort of uptick in in um, registrations i think he said like rough calculations after each world cup generally as in men's world cup he's talking about here generally there's about a 20 percent increase in registrations um and he said but this time they're looking they're actually concerned and other clubs are as well that they just will not be able to deal with the amount of um they're already getting massive amounts of um uh interest so yeah interesting keeps that interesting but it will be fascinating to see how it all goes well it's a challenge isn't it because you get you get you get the people turning up but then you need a whole team of parents to actually run the thing like coach the team yeah Yeah. run it all manage the team organize kit you know get the kit players to the right place for the matches and it's a it's a logistical you know and i've done it and i'm sure you have too yeah yeah. yeah and i wouldn't i wouldn't change it i'm not wouldn't complain about it but it is quite annoying you know it we're not annoying but it's a challenge to get all the parents on board <laughs> yeah. and and to and yeah. not and to manage that you know disgruntled ones when you don't you try and spread it around with time and you get the players the, the, the parents are sort of you know just drive and dump the kids in the car park and well, then pe- people of, like people People like a moan, don't they, about this stuff? And you kind of feel like going, "That's all well and good, but maybe if you, you know, if you got involved, all you got to do is yeah. all you got to do is bring the oranges at halftime, you know, hmm. just maybe, you know, that." Or the, I like, I do always, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm always staggered when you're basically playing at an amateur level with kids and it's volunteers. The the level of expectations of some people. The, you know, there's always, you know, like, have you noticed? There's, there's always like a nucleus of about three or four parents that pretty much yeah. hold it all together. Hundred percent. And then you've yeah. got you've got like another layer of parents that maybe yeah. get involved a few times, and you've got the another layer of parents who you don't yeah. you don't even know what they look like. Um, no, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I always, I, always I, remember, I suppose um, that's that's yeah. in life as well. I suppose you know, Matt. There's fun people. Yeah, some no, people do, I, I do remember watch it, don't they? I mean. Obviously, as a local hero myself, you know, volunteering, but I, I do always remember it's quite funny. About it, it, no, I don't like to talk about it. I mm-hmm. do a lot of work for charity, you know me. Mm-hmm. But um, the the one thing that always cracked me up was <laughs> I always remember my mate, Sasha, who's a lovely Serbian coach. And uh, when I was team manager of his team for a few years, and we had these goals we had to move at, um, when we were playing at Springvale White Eagles. And they were we used to joke that they were like Soviet-era goals shipped in from Serbia <laughs> or something. Because they literally, I'm not joking, they were made out Very of cast heavy. iron. They were they were so freaking heavy. Wow. I mean, that you literally, you know the old bend your knees, not your back thing? It was just, I, I bet they didn't have wheels on either, did they? Freaking did they not have wheels on it? And I, I, I know you've got a history of back issues. I would have not let you lift, lift a finger. But... <laughs> 
it was literally it was basically the same four people who moved them me included and the amount of men who are who had back injuries and it was just sort of like who would just claim you know they'd rock up and they'd always be whinging about oh the kids this the kids that the club doesn't do this the club doesn't do that and you're like Mm. but they yeah they all had you know the mysterious back injuries i always thought that was an interesting one they're just like um but just uh yeah uh, um I don't miss I don't miss that kind of stuff, and I'm sure you don't. Well, you do you do some volunteering, but I still sort yeah, of do it. It's yeah, not really kids anymore, is it? Yeah, no, but they're not they're not they're not little no. little babies little baby superstars, no. are they? So it's um no. it's all good. Yeah, no. it's all good. Yeah, yeah. So right, um, we we're going into an international break now we? as well, aren't we? Yeah, we yeah. are going. Yeah, I was just saying that you got the yeah. Yes, so, yeah. we are indeed. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else to uh, throw out into the um, ether? I don't think so. Nothing too much on the cards. I've got no. more Australian rules football at the weekend. I, I just, just a thought, Matt. The, you know, we talked about the investment in the different games. So, like, Stella yeah. played against Tasmania Devils like the weekend before last. So they were flown over from Tasmania, yeah. bussed to <laughs> Dandenong. They play yeah. a game. And then they're like, you know, yeah. put up overnight and then back again. So, and that's yeah. from you know boys and girls teams. Um, yeah, and that's yeah. Just, and that's just AFL financed. They've all got the yeah. same Puma sponsored kits, like different, yeah. you know, the things like that. And then there's just there's the whole thing must cost you know thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, yeah, and you know Stella pays very little to play. Yeah, um, really, like it's hundreds of dollars really just for the whole season. Different, different world, isn't it? Different, it's a different world, world and it's so. a different organisational, um, and a different history, I suppose, and a different, you know. Yeah. Um, governance and everything but yeah just a, a reflection to to finish off tonight today when do, hang on just before we do finish off now that you've yeah. been slightly extended the end um Sorry. when does the um when does when does stella's footy season finish because my boys like finished football. now but she's yeah. finished but she's got finals, got finals. Oh God, so finals. she's playing against she's playing <laughs> against gmv so greater metropolitan victoria Greater West, no, yeah. GWV Rebels. They yeah. should win that because that's like they finished third and this yeah. this other team finished like eighth or ninth or something. So and weird, probably isn't it, play finals. Tasmania again. So, yeah. And yeah. then they'll probably play one of Oakley Chargers or Eastern Rangers in the final. So You're, I'll, look, I'll um, let you know, mate, if you want to come along to the Yeah, final. no, I was going to, yeah, I wouldn't mind actually because I've never seen Stills play, but I would, um, yeah, I was going to say the, um, do you park your hatred of the playoff system to one side for the, the Australian kind of weird? Well, no, because it's different because they don't they don't have a cup competition and mm-hmm. like this. To be honest, this is like she's she's in. Um, like I do. I, like, I'm not gonna. I'm, I still don't like it. Um, weird. But yeah. this is not about the club really. The club doesn't really have a soul. It's just it's just the talent. Um, it's yeah. a, it's basically a, a shot window for girls yeah. to go to the next level and play professionally. So the club itself yeah. is it's just a vehicle. It's a conduit. It's a vehicle for um, development. It's not really yeah. a pinnacle. It's not, it's not, it doesn't really matter. I mean, the coach will completely disagree with this statement, but it doesn't really matter who wins. It's yeah, more yeah, about yeah. getting the names out there and looking at your stats and then you get picked to represent, right. you get picked for Vic Country or Vic Metro yeah. and you play other yeah. other things. So it's really just a, 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 yeah. So, so look, more games is a good thing, even if they're finals games. Look, winning it would be good, you know, but I think yeah. they could win it. But there's a couple of other strong teams as well. And we'll just see, see which team gets up. I've just realised... I just realised this is slightly getting into competitive 
parent territory now, <laughs> but I've completely forgotten that <laughs> in the update section. Now you've reminded me because oh, yeah. of Stell's final thing. Yeah. Um, Casey, my younger son, um, they his uh, Roville um, Sports Academy intermediate football team, uh, which is like the year 11s playing against year 12, as it turns out. They won the state, the Victoria State Championship oh, cool. last week, which is cool. Casey. Yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about it. And technically, they're back-to-back champions, but he he didn't get a medal last year because um, he, he didn't play because he'd, he'd broken his ankle. So it was a, bit, it was a nice little um, narrative oh, arc there. His re- so he's, he was happy um, with himself, play, played well. But I just... Cool. So... Um, yeah, that was that was a nice little dad moment where he's like, yeah, well done, well done, boy. But uh, yeah, hopefully, um, you know, with a bit of luck, uh, Stells will have uh, get more medal and, um, you know, we can be proud, competitive parents saying how proud we are of each other. Well, she's and got, stuff she's and, got you know, all next year as well. She's, she's bottom age, so she gets all next year as well. So I'm only, I'm only interested in this year, mate. If she gets it next year, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's the rules. All right, well, on that positive, note we'll on that end bombshell the tonight. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, we'll see you again no soon worries. all right see you Take mate. It see easy, everyone. everybody bye, bye.